0: Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void or prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito On this edition of the Pigpen Podcast, we have a new general manager in the nation's capital. And now with new management, it is time to direct all of our resources into going and getting Deshaun Watson. Plus, we will discuss what on God's green earth is Bruce Arians smoking. That's all to come on this week's edition of the Pigpen Podcast. Drag up that diesel. Oh, oh. Trying to find running room, there, and he's still on his feet. Head hole, he's got the first down of the 40. He's gone! The 35, the 30, the 20. He's gone! He's gone! First down, Washington Redskins! What's good? Welcome to the Pigpen Podcast. I'm your host, Denton Day, at the Denton Day Podcast. On the Twitter machine, it has been a uh, a very quiet and then all of a sudden not so quiet past few days here in the nation's capital. A lot to get into, a lot to discuss, as you heard in that brief little tease and the open. But we will start with the new guy in charge. The Washington football team has a general manager. I have to say has a general manager because we went through all of last season Without a general manager, but on January 19th, although I don't think it's technically official, but it's just about as close to official as it can get to official on January 19th, the Washington football team has a general manager. Marty Herney, formerly of the Carolina Panthers, I hope I got that last name right. It's one of those weird last names. It's spelled H-U-R-N-E-Y. It doesn't seem like it would be that hard to pronounce, but for whatever reason in my puny little brain, it's these easy names that often are the most difficult. But Marty Herney is the general manager for the Washington football team. He had a couple stints in Carolina, and he worked with Ron Rivera probably not a huge shock, right? A guy that worked in Carolina with Ron Rivera is now a member of the Washington football team organization. It certainly does not help the fear of Washington becoming the Washington Panthers instead of the Washington football team, but here is where I stand on the new general manager hire, and I don't have a super spicy hot take, so if well, if you're looking for hot takes, you look, this is not the podcast for it. It never really has been. But I don't have a hot take. I just have optimism. I'm optimistic that Ron Rivera, who proved his worth this past season, knows what he's doing. And I'm optimistic that this guy in particular is not going to be a yes man for Dan Snyder and that all of the, the football moves are still going to have to Receive some form of clearance from Ron Rivera as the head coach. I think, you know, very much general manager, player personnel, and head coaches should be on the same page. And I think you, know, you have to go back very, very far in this organization's history to find a time where both the general manager and the head coach were on the same page. So my optimism lies on hopefully we finally hit that spot here. I understand if you are upset or worried because of uh, adding another guy to the football team from Carolina, and maybe this guy's track record isn't going to blow you uh, away, right? It's not you're not looking at the page and just being uh, and utterly like, oh my God, we, this is this is the guy. Oh, we are we're so lucky. This isn't a, a super sexy headline grabbing move, right? Like this won't be on the front page. Of the Washington Post. It might be on the front page of the sports section, but it's not going to be on the front page of the Post. And I guess in uh, mid January, when we have inauguration and literally the entire city is shut down, that might have another reason as to why this won't be on the front page. But that aside, this isn't that sort of move. It's not that, and I don't think it was intended to be that. I- I'm hoping. I'm hoping, I'm saying this knowing what I'm about to follow this up with, but I'm hoping we are past the point uh, of doing the headline-grabbing moves. It only took Dan Snyder 20 years uh, to get to that point where he realized, you know what, maybe let me just sit back and chill and make smart decisions. But I I think this is, at least now, this is a step in the right direction for being a a competent franchise. Best-case scenario here, we don't ever really talk about this guy, right? I mean, I think that's the absolute best case scenario, like the dream scenario where he makes a bunch of really, really good moves, but he's not doing anything so outlandish to where we are constantly talking about our general manager. Because, again, you look back over the course of recent history with this organization, we've wasted our breath way too much on the general manager of this organization, whether it be Scott McLuhan or Bruce Allen or... I mean, how, go back further than that with Vinny Serrato. We have wasted our breath on the general manager and discussing that dude in particular for far too long. So best case scenario, we don't ever talk about this dude. He's just there to fill a role, and he makes good decisions that doesn't force his name into our mouths and onto headlines. Now, here's a way he can win people over, and I know this essentially contradicts Everything I just said, but you see it in the title of the name of this podcast. Every single critique uh, of Marty Herney will immediately go out the window if he pulls the trigger, if he finds the Stones, the Cajones, and he picks up the phone and calls the Houston Texans. The future of this here franchise dramatically shifts if they pick the phone up and they call the Houston Texans. Here's what we know about Deshaun Watson. His relationship with Houston currently sucks. He wants out of there. They, I think, want to keep him, but then they make decisions that suggest they don't want to keep him. I don't really know how Houston feels about Deshaun Watson at this particular moment, but what we know is that Deshaun Watson would really rather play somewhere else. I look at our team. You can look at our team. It is very, very clear a quarterback like Deshaun Watson it takes this team to the next level. Are we a quarterback away from competing for a championship? I'm not 100% sure. There's still a couple other holes on the offensive side that I would like to fill. There's a couple holes on the defensive side that I would like to fill. But with Deshaun Watson on this team, it is a monumental step forward to getting where we want to get to, which is putting this town back on the map when it comes to football, right? I mean, Washington, D.C. and the greater D.C. area, we are a football town, and for years we've been dominated by the Nationals, which has been great, the Capitals, which has also been great. I mean, the Wizards are here. They didn't dominate, but they're here. But in terms of the greater NFL landscape, this city has been looked at and in a lot of ways laughed at. Like, oh, it's it's Washington, Dan Snyder over here. Who wants to go play there? He's just going to sign someone for a huge amount of money. They're not going to work out. That's, that's the reputation nationwide in the greater NFL landscape that this city has. And it's about damn time that changes, right? I mean, we know how it works. When it comes to the NFL powers, it's a massive pendulum. And for a few years, the pendulum will swing in your direction. Your team's going to be awesome. You're going to compete for championships. And then eventually, the pendulum swings back the other way. Uh, in the 80s and the 90s, we, had, we were on the, the right end of the pendulum swing. We're competing for championships. It's, I mean, the, the Redskins at the time, everybody loved them. They were one of the nation's favorite teams. You got people all over there who grew up in different various parts of this country that are Washington fans because of watching those teams with Doug Williams, with Mark Rippon, with Feisman, Sonny Juergensen, all these dudes. Well, now we're on the other side of the pendulum swing. Like, we had all the success, and now we've been doomed to you know, the better part of 20 years of failure here, and I think it's about damn time uh, that this pendulum swings back, right? It sure seems like we had a, a lot less time on the good side of the pendulum swing, and we have had a lot more time on the bad side of the pendulum swing, and I'm not saying Deshaun Watson automatically swings us right back to the very best of the pendulum swing, but he definitely puts it in motion And the question now just becomes, well, well, what are we willing to give up for Deshaun Watson? And the answer is, I mean, just about everything, like throw the kitchen sink at the Houston Texans. I've been not doom scrolling on Twitter, but I've been curiosity scrolling on Twitter to see how how people feel about Deshaun Watson in our fan base. And some of the people I really agree with. and, And I see some other tweets. and I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, do we not understand who Deshaun Watson is? If Houston says, hey, it's going to take at least three first-round picks and maybe a second or a third-round pick, guess who should be offering up three first-round picks, a second-round pick, a 2nd pick, and a third-round pick? Washington. Us. Deshaun Watson is worth it. And if your first reaction to hearing that monumental of a price tag put forth, if your first reaction is, well, what did we learn from Robert Griffin III? Here's your answer. We learned a ton. What Robert Griffin III was, was a great college football player who won the Heisman Trophy and whose dazzling performances put him on the map. What was Deshaun Watson in college? He was the exact same thing, minus the Heisman Trophy win. He lost that to Lamar Jackson. You can make an argument. Maybe it should have been Deshaun Watson at one of the two years. He outmuscled Alabama's defense twice. In the national championship game, he only won one of the games, but he did it twice. And oh, by the way, and here's the big kicker, he's actually had success in the NFL. If you are if you're one holdout on making this crazy move to get a quarterback is what happened with Robert Griffin III. What happened with Robert Griffin III is there was a whole lot of things we didn't know about the guy. He had never played in the NFL. There was mystery, there was intrigue, and at the time, some of that was a whole lot of fun. You know, we, we were we were hopeful, we were all in for RG3. Like I wanted to see that guy have success here in DC, but it was mystery, it was intrigue, it was enticing. Deshaun Watson is all of those things without the mystery. We know exactly what that guy is, and he's a top five quarterback in the NFL. That's not an opinion. That's that's statistically backed up. He had a top-five season in the NFL with next to nobody on his roster. His franchise did him wrong, and he still proved that he is a top-five quarterback in this league. So what can we expect from that guy when the franchise does right by him? And everything that I have seen over the past year here with this franchise and Ron Rivera's first year here in D.C., leads me to believe we are on the right track to do right by guys in this organization. So add Deshaun Watson, please. There are three guys. I think three is a fine number here. We have 52 guys on the roster. There's three guys that are off limits in a trade for Deshaun Watson. Chase Young, duh. Montez Sweat, also, duh. And Terry McLaurin, because Deshaun Watson need somebody to throw to those three guys off limits. Everyone else is fair game. Now, I don't know how many other guys on this roster Houston is, is asking for if we are to pick up and call, but everybody else is fair game. There is a technical loophole there because Brandon Sheriff isn't signed currently. We're working on getting that extension. Hopefully we get the extension. So we technically can't trade him. So there's that for your loophole. But Chase Young, Montez Sweat, Terry McLaurin, all off limits. Everyone else, fair game. If they say, hey, we want Alex Smith, duh. Like, I would have done that yesterday. I would have done that the day before that. Love Alex Smith. Love everything he contributed to this organization in his short time here. But if that's the thing holding you back from Deshaun Watson, bro, I don't know what to tell you. Like, wake the hell up. That's a, that's a no-brainer. Two first-round picks, Alex Smith in a third round or a second round, I'd do it in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. Go get Deshaun Watson. Swing for the fences here. I mean, honestly, there is, there's no mystery surrounding the guy. That has to be enticing. And then you bring Deshaun Watson into this organization, and all of the sudden, guys want to come play here. There's no mystery at the quarterback spot. You have a top five guy. You have a great guy in Terry McLaurin on one side. We have been desperately wanting somebody to step up in the role of a number two wide receiver, like a true number two guy. We didn't have anybody this year. We had a couple guys that showed glimmers. I thought Cam Sims showed some really, really strong promise. But I'm not saying he's a true number two at this point. And there's going to be a very, very hefty market at the wide receiver spot this offseason. Hell, there's going to be a very, very strong draft class at the wide receiver spot. You can trade your first and your second round pick, and you can still end up with a guy in the third round as a wide receiver that's going to be awesome in the NFL this year. That class is strong as all hell. The free agency class is very, very strong. You got Chris Godwin, who... I mean, hasn't been able to really catch a pass in the playoffs. But that aside, we know he's a good wide receiver. Allen Robinson, Juju Smith-Schuster, pair any of those three guys, and those are just the three that come right off the dome at this point. But pair any of those three guys with Terry McLaurin, with J.D. McKissick, and Antonio Gibson on the offensive side. Keep Logan Thomas, because I thought he was great this year. That's a strong offense to go with Deshaun Watson. And the offensive line was maybe the surprise of the entire season this year. All of a sudden, the Washington football team goes from the laughingstock, the team that won this terrible NFC East division, to, oh, my, oh, my God, they could, they could win 11 games this year because the defense is only going to – they could really make a run. That's the impact Deshaun Watson has. He takes you from a rebuilding team to a team that is there. You are on the doorstep you just got to kick the damn door in. So, if Marty Herney wants to make a splash, make that big splash, do it. If he wants to make another big splash, maybe don't do it. Pull up a little bit. But if it's for Deshaun Watson, if it's for a quarterback, and if it for the first time and who the hell knows when gives this organization a franchise quarterback, pull the damn trigger. Now let's talk some accolades, right? We're out of the postseason. It was at the hands of that dastardly Tom Brady and Bruce Arians, and we are just still on their minds, specifically Bruce Arians, who is very clearly not a huge fan of Chase Young. I don't know why. I don't know what Chase Young did to Bruce Arians, but Bruce Arians, not a fan of Chase Young. Chase Young is going to win Rookie of the Year. Like that is, That's basically a guarantee at this point. If he doesn't, it's corrupt. We need to storm the NFL headquarters, not like the people did on January 6th, maybe like a much more peaceful version, but still storm the NFL headquarters and have a conversation with Roger Goodell and whoever the hell decides these awards. But Chase Young is going to win Rookie of the Year. Bruce Arians was, was asked about his guy, Antoine Winfield uh, Jr., Bruce Arians obviously is going to ride with his guy, like I, I get that. But there is a difference between riding with your guy for an award like this, and I would, I would suggest that there is still some prestige in the NFL Rookie of the Year. It's certainly not the most prestigious award in the NFL. I think the MVP is still that, and then it goes Defensive Player of the Year, and, and then a lot of the a lot of the prestige drops off for other NFL awards, right? It's really just those two that are at the top, and everything else is kind of, you know, nice, but not all that important. Well, Bruce Arians was asked about his guy, Antoine Winfield Jr., uh, being Rookie of the Year, and of course he, he rode with this guy, but it's what he said after that really makes you scratch your head because he started throwing shade at Chase Young, and he said, and I quote, Seven and a half sacks isn't anything to what he, he being Antoine Winfield Jr., has done, end quote. Has this dude lost his damn mind? I mean, look, look, he's preparing for Green Bay. He has a chance to go to the Super Bowl with Tom Brady. I'm sure he's feeling himself, right? Right. He's bright red in the face. He's, he's happy. He's celebrating. Uh, I'm sure even a few days after, you're allowed to feel yourself. But you can't be serious, right? I, th- this isn't. This has to be some, like the simulation is broken in this world. How is this guy, how is he serious? How? How? What has Antoine Winfield done this season? Funny you ask. 64 tackles, one interception, and a couple pass deflections. In 16 games. That's your rookie of the year? That guy. 64 tackles, one interception in 16 games. He's your rookie of the year. Meanwhile, Chase Young, seven and a half sacks. Leads all rookies. Couple forced fumbles, four to be exact, and a touchdown. Antoine Winfield Jr.'s stats are worse than Cam Curl who has been the absolute steal, I would say, of the 2020 NFL draft on the defensive side of the football. Cam Curl had 88 tackles, three interceptions, and a touchdown, and he only really started in like 11 games. He didn't play anywhere near the amount that Winfield Jr. did, and he put forth better numbers than the Bucks guy. But apparently Chase Young hasn't done anything compared to Winfield Jr. I mean are we serious here? How? Like explain to me how this makes sense. Like I want to I want to be careful here and not tread the line and say something dumb like Bruce Arians doesn't know football because that's idiotic. He's a head football coach. Of course Bruce Arians knows football. But this is on full display that just because you coach the game doesn't mean you know everything about the game. Because there is no world that I want to live in in which Antoine Winfield Jr. has had a better season than Chase Young based on the numbers that I just read off to you. And if your response as a Buccaneer fan, as a Buccaneer homer, is, well, it's the things that don't show up in the stat sheet that really make the difference, shut the hell up. If that's your argument for Uh, An anti-Chase Young approach to rookie of the year. Oh, my God. The simulation. Like, we're done. We're done. This is why the Internet shouldn't be free for everyone. If you think that because of the stuff that Antoine Winfield did that doesn't show up in the box score makes him better than Chase Young, who's a captain on defense, who has become the face of a franchise in a year. He's played one season. He didn't even play a full 16 games. He's played one season. He's the face of this franchise. He's a much better player than Antoine Winfield Jr. Seven and a half sacks is much more than what that dude did on the back end of a Buccaneers team that started to fall apart defensively in the second half of the season. What a joke. What an unbelievable joke. I can't believe I care this much about rookie of the year, but this is so stupid So unbelievably stupid. I thought Bruce Arians was a smart guy. I thought he was. He's riding Tom Brady's coattails to a a possible Super Bowl championship here. Now he's talking trash uh, about Chase Young in favor of this dude with one pick. One pick. One. Stupid. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Rant over. You want to trash Bruce Arians? Hit me up on Twitter. Do so at the Denton Day. You can hit us up in the comments section below if you if you are listening on the uh, uh, the website. What is a fair price for Deshaun Watson? I want to hear from you at the Denton Day on Twitter. What would you give up to go and get the star quarterback for the Houston Texans? Bring him to DC and then really kickstart this rebuild, take it into a next gear, and put ourselves right in the uh, the spot of being a contender in the NFC. I want to hear from you at the Denton Day. On the Twitter machine. Uh, until then, that's all I got for you this week. I'll be back sometime, hopefully here in the near near future, as uh, as more more stuff starts to uh, to happen. We will, once the season is officially over, start kicking into uh, a little bit of the NFL draft. We watched a lot of college football uh, this season, so we'll be able to dive into that as the time approaches. But I'm out for now. I'll see you guys soon.